1: Hey guys, welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. Talking about everything entertainment today, we have Dusty on again, who I'm really excited to talk to. He is a TikToker, and like, actually I'm going to have Bear go through his history because it was really cool. He did it way better. And I'd like to welcome to the show my co-host, the Baddest Bear in the Cage, who is finally out of his sling, which means he's got a fight in like three weeks. Bear Fjorda, welcome to the show, Bear.
2: Hi, thank you, as always. I appreciate being on. And as far as dust goes, or Detroit Urban Survival Tactics, we have him back again for another round of trying to... <clears throat> I shouldn't say trying. We did a really good job discussing both the martial arts world and the work he's doing out in Detroit. But essentially, the man is a TikToker, YouTuber, self-defense expert. Uh, let's see.
1: Are you still sick? Like, you're sitting here coughing up phlegm. That is disgusting.
2: Yes, you are correct.
1: That's gross. So you stay over there and you're fired. (laughs) <laughs> like I'm going to have to fire you for breathing in my direction. I'm sorry. It's been a really weird day. We're getting ready. There's an event tomorrow. We're going to a gala.
2: It was all the running around. That's what it, That's it is. It's all the running around that's caused the issue.
1: Well, I'm looking forward to tomorrow's gala. If you guys want to check it out, we're going to, of course, have it up on Bear's TikTok. You can always find that, and we'll have some pics on behind the scenes. We ran around today because he needed a turtleneck.
2: Yeah, it's called the Health for Peace Gala in Los Angeles, and it starts, I believe, actually started today. We'll be going tomorrow. Yeah, first October.
1: We'll be going tomorrow. Yeah. I'm exhausted. I can tell. I just. I, I think I'm, we
2: both are. The part. I don't mean that in such a rude way. You know, if you had kids who would come up and like ask you, "Old? Oh, did you just tell you me I look tell you, old? You, tell you that you look tired? <laughs> it's not the best thing you ever want to say to somebody."
1: Well, there's a lot going on in Hollywood right now. We have uh, Hocus Pocus Two coming out, which, from what I've heard so far, is a total fucking train wreck. I'd like to remind everyone: every time we use bad language on the show, we keep money the Boys and Girls of. Club of I'm America sorry, the, boys human, and
2: girls
1: the Boys and Girls Club of America the Humane Society of America and free MMA we swear because we care
2: fuck yeah what's Hocus Pocus
1: Hocus Pocus it's a 1990s movie that was incredibly popular with Sarah Jessica Parker and the incomparable Bette Midler who I think is an absolute god then of course we have a whole bunch going on
2: well Rob, Rob Snyder just came out of that movie didn't he
1: totally different movie
2: no, no, I'm saying bring it up. It's a different movie.
1: Oh, yeah. You went to a Rob Schneider premiere. I did. We were was... actually supposed to go down and record our show live. Alexis is in the background, jumping stuff. You suck, Lex. Um, we were supposed to go out and record this show live, and then my daughter had to have surgery and everything went to hell, and Bear went by himself. I didn't go. But you did get to go with uh, Ellie Knows Rocks.
2: I did get to go with Ellie, and what, that was, it made it so much easier because she was so much better about being on the red carpet and being in front of the camera. It was a very. It was, it was an easier experience because otherwise I'd be up there punching people, I swear. I you're not
1: it. allowed to punch people at premieres. we discussed this.
2: The only problem I had with the event, and this is the only thing. The movie was nice. It was wonderful to meet Rob Snyder. The only problem I had was the way, it Was the line to the red carpet.
1: There's a line to a red carpet? I've never heard of that.
2: This one there was.
1: You're not supposed to be in line. What? When you're a guest, like one of the VIPs, you don't... Did you go in the regular people's line?
2: No one said anything this. <laughs>
1: So you went and stayed in the regular people's line, as it would him, Yeah. Okay. I lo- so it's it's not that you're not a regular people. I like I know you see
2: si- you see
1: yourself as like the average everyday guy. I get that. Uh, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you a story. Uh, there is a great moment where a friend of mine who's in the LAPD was walking around and found George Foreman walking around just randomly amongst people over at the Emmy Red Carpet. You have this you have the section for the VIPs and you have the section for everyone else to kind of come in. And he found George Foreman walking over there and he's like, Buddy, aren't you supposed to be in in, in like the, the VIP section? He's like, oh, okay. And so he walked him over. He'd obviously just been punched a, a lot. I felt really bad hearing the story. And now I'm hearing that you apparently went and lined up with everyone else to go see a movie. When you go to a movie as a guest, like one one of the guests I'm gonna. I'm gonna have a word with your manager. You're not supposed to line up for like the movie or the tickets or any of that stuff. You're supposed to, you know, go go because you're on a list. It cons-
2: George Foreman concerns me because that might be a CTE thing. I think mine was just a misunderstanding.
1: <laughs> this is. I love, but I love how not into the Hollywood thing you are. Mm-hmm. If I went and, so, and someone directed me to a line, I'd be horrified. I'd be all offended. I'd be the asshole standing there like, how dare, do you know who I am? <laughs> and Bez, who, who's got millions and millions of followers and was invited out to this premiere, is just like, I'll go stand with everyone else. Okay, I'm happy to line up. Because it's just
2: not that big of a deal, I think, at the I, end of the day.
1: Cool. You make me feel like a dick. Oh, we have Starbucks. I'm excited by that. Lex brought us in Starbucks. I'm not mad at her for dropping stuff now. We have a lot going on in Hollywood, uh, but not in Hollywood. Putin has started a draft in Russia to aid in his war with the Ukraine.
2: I could have swore he's already been doing that for some time No, now.
1: he just – he started a draft. It's really horrifying. Yeah. <sighs> I know. There are no words.
2: Here's the thing. I, I, just, I know it's not in the realm of Hollywood, but I think it's actually important to – no, I will say modern age. It's important to news media in general what's going on in the world. We have to be aware of that because that's going to impact our world too.
1: What, a megalomaniac drafting people to go to war with a sovereign country? I, yes, I'm that, more, that affects
0: things.
2: I more mean where you could be able to film in certain areas, maybe they're now closed off due to the fact that there's a war going on and she's eating behind
1: I am. I'm behind sitting behind here eating a muesli bar. Don't tell anyone. Shh, the audience doesn't know. Um, I will say, though... I don't think this is a matter of film or not. This is a matter of social survival. You are talking about a megalomaniac going to war with the entire Western world. We've done this before. 1942 people.
2: Do you like his suits? The suits that he wears. What? <laughs> so I'm just, you know, As far as Hollywood goes, it's all about image. Do you think he, do you think his suits are nice?
1: I'm going to eat my muesli bar and hand this over to you because you have now taken this entire show down the toilet.
2: I, I don't, I, I feel like I don't have to explain myself there, but no, it's fair. It's, it's, it's okay. Just fine. No worries.
1: I do like that Russians are protesting.
2: Oh, actively. Mm-hmm. And they're paying for it too.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Pussy Riot's back in jail. They always are.
2: I was more ta- talking about the people. I forgot Pussy Riot was even a thing actually. Wonderful band, wonderful stance they take when dealing with Russian uh, politics. You guys go check them out whenever you'd like.
1: And then uh, King Charles has done a really good job, surprisingly, and nobody really expected him to do as well as he's done.
2: Ironically, I'm hearing a lot more hate. Uh, I, I say hate. A lot more criticism from people outside the Commonwealth than the people inside, directly under his sovereign. Sovereignty. Sovereignty, sorry. So. See, I'm not, That's how you know I'm not a royal. A royalist God
1: God I'm a monarchist man get or it right or I will, we're Wait, not speaking anymore is
2: it a monarchist or a royalist or are they interchangeable Interchangeable. Terms? okay
1: a royalist means you like the mon the the monarchy a monarchist means you believe in the structure of the monarchy
2: okay that's fair
1: I think what catches me I'm sitting here eating a muesli bar I can eat it on camera and crunch <laughs> um we have a camera going in the background by the way there's a whole lot going on, but my whole thing, when it comes down to it, my biggest problem with the monarchy is Meghan Markle's a dick.
2: That's always your biggest problem with the monarchy.
1: No, I don't like Prince Andrew either. Well,
0: you,
2: I don't care. re-explain the Andrew situation to me if you would. I thought he was in trouble for hanging out with uh, Epstein he and- fucked
1: an underage girl.
2: And having sex with a minor, okay. Yeah.
1: Uh, he's a monster.
2: No. Oh, he's a monster? I don't know. I'm asking. This is your politics, not mine.
1: I'm Australian.
2: it's your con- it's your- it's your king. Right, you guys are you guess not your king. What would it be considered, actually? Does he have a title?
1: Yeah, he's a prince.
2: Alright, so he's your prince.
1: We don't talk about him.
2: Yes, yeah, he's like the red. the social step.
1: climbing skank that married Prince Harry. Those two He's like two the are redheaded
2: off. stepchild. You just keep, keep keep them off to the side.
1: No, we don't talk about the redhead either.
2: Don't talk about the redhead either. That's Harry. Hmm. No. Oh, I'm- I see. Because he's tired. Because he went off with Megan. I'm very slow today. I'm trying to catch up. Let's. You know, I'm curious. Let's get your opinion on something. Where do you think the future of the movie industry is going? And for and I, I say this, I was thinking about this the other day. POV took over for a hot minute. Uh, they had, there was a, it was a big movie, the first movie okay, no, 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 shot no. movie. That's,
1: that's, that's pointless. That's why I'm trying to ask you. Okay. All films are going to become serialized. Everything's going to stream online. Eventually movie theaters will become almost irrelevant. I'm always right on this stuff, by the way, but the biggest thing is pornography is going to go mainstream.
2: What do you mean mainstream?
1: Think epic films with actual sex. Pornography is going to get more mainstream.
2: Do you think porn would continue to have the variety it offers in the mainstream media
1: No you're not going to have like torture porn you know the weird shit that you're into you're going have the um, you're gonna have much more visual sex I mean look at what's coming out on television it's gone from you know a peak full frontal to fully naked pretty much all the time I mean all of true blood was just really staring at the chick from uh, the original X-Men's boobs I mean, that's it. I actually really like the actress, so I'm, I'm saying that so flippantly. But the, re- but the reality of the situation is, like, right now, we're actually putting together a porno. A, I'm sorry, a you por- are? Yeah, we're putting together a porn. A porn? A porn? A porno? A pornography film?
0: Sure. All right,
1: we're making a porno. Yeah. Um, and the, all the money is going to go towards women's reproductive rights.
2: I'm sorry, how are you, is this a movie with porn in it, or are you just straight up making Oh,
1: no, porno. we are making a full-on trash porno. For charity.
2: Do you guys have a, a director? Or, I assume you guys are the producer. Do you have
1: a uh, staff on board yet? We've been talking to some people. Okay. I'm mean, going to obviously that, reach out to like Jenna Jamison, Jameson, who's a it. mate of mine. Uh, I know we've reached out to Pam Anderson. Why would Pam do it? Why wouldn't she? Is she a porn actress? No. But she doesn't have to have sex. We're um, going to put a bunch of people in it that are actually very well-known actors. We reached out to Kevin Smith. We're trying oh, to get him to direct. I, I
2: beg your pardon. You're making like a... Like a B grade horror film. No, say.
1: I'm making a full on porn.
2: I'm so confused. Why would full on actors, penetrative sex? Why would they do a oh, porno though?
1: Because what we're talking about doing it is doing it like a learn your alphabet. A is for anal, and then you have a person introducing it, and then it cuts to a person actually having anal sex. B huh. is for I don't know what B is for. We don't actually have a script yet. But it's
2: but that's the or bondage.
1: Bondage. There you go. Um, and so we're kind of going to do that. And, you know, we're, we're reaching out to a bunch of people in Hollywood. We're reaching out to well-known directors. We've been doing this and the whole thing's for charity. The biggest thing is uh, we won't have Ezra Miller in it.
2: You couldn't have Ezra Miller in I it. I
1: could. I just wouldn't. Well,
2: thank you. thankfully you for you not doing that.
1: I would not. Ezra Miller is a cock. You should put Jonah
2: Hill in it, though.
1: I would put Jonah Hill. I like Jonah yeah, Hill.
2: Yeah, Jonah Hill. That'd be hilarious.
1: So that's what we're looking at doing. We're and doing his, a full-on porno for charity.
2: Make jokes the whole mm-hmm.
1: time. The full-on porn for charity. Um, I believe Lex is reaching out to Pornhub
2: okay. specifically
1: about the film, and that's how we're doing it.
2: How do you guys? How would you intend to release that? Would you want to release it on one of their websites? Or oh, we will do a it- full-on
1: film premiere. We're going to offer it on Amazon. We'll you offer guys it everywhere. You can
2: try and put it on, like, uh, in a theater?
1: Hey, they did it with Deep Throat.
2: Do, was Deep Throat literally about deep-throating? Yeah, being, was it?
1: Visually- oh, it was a woman being sexually assaulted and beaten by her husband behind the scenes, was forced into a film because she could deep throat, and then the film Deep Throat got really, really popular. It was really a very tragic story. If you guys get a chance, there's a great film called Lovelace. Watch it. It's with Amanda Seyfried.
2: Wow, there you go. There's your introduction to that, that film. Uh, I know. Like.
1: Uh, I do want to give a quick shout-out. I'm, I'm really caught. Um, to KM Extend... K-M-X-T-A-N-D, they do my hair extensions and my wigs. I'm giving them a shout out because I got to tell you, I have not dyed my hair. I look like shit 24-7, and I can still go on red carpets with perfectly coiffed hair because of these guys. So quick shout out. I've had people asking me, like, what am I doing with my hair, blah, blah, blah. That's it. My hair looks like shit. They make me look good. Just FYI to the people that were tweeting in no, earlier. That's
2: the way to go about it. See, where you, you have someone to take care of your hair. Mm-hmm. That's perfect.
1: Yep. And now, you know, we are making a porno. By the way, you're going to be in it.
2: I'm not going to be in. A porno. You are going to be in the porno. Going be in you're porno. going to be in
1: the porno. You're going to be, porno. Going to be the porno. Be porno. Be the porno. Okay, okay.
2: How how am I in this porno?
1: I just would have you do one of the introductions. It would totally screw with your all-American guy image and ruin your career. What's wrong with that?
2: Oh well, hold on. Am I fucking anything? No. All right, that's fine then.
1: <laughs> no, it's it's not good for your career.
2: Oh, okay. I, wouldn't, so I really wouldn't have you You give to. and then you take away.
1: I'm I. I say it was, I'm the worst version of God. All right, guys, we are going to go to break. When we come back, we are going to be on with Dusty. We're going to be on with Commander Brown talking about self-defense TikTok and how to get big online. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, the baddest bear in the cage, who finally got his arm working, Bear Fjorda. We'll be right back after this.
0: racers
3: and rental cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing
2: profession and automotive industry join hosts cameron foray and don o'neill
3: as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day it's about the business as well as the fun we've got the scoop the guests the discussion and the
2: wtf moments all you need to do is bring your ears racers and rental cars heard every saturday at 10 a.m pacific time 1 p.m eastern right here on the
0: voice america variety channel have you had a chance to check out voice america's online magazine and blog if you love our hosts and shows check out articles that give an even deeper perspective plus topics about health and fitness movie reviews philosophy business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voiceamerica. now let's go back Um Behind the Scenes. They also
1: did the two of them. They did the straight and the curly. Hi guys, welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I am sneaking back here. Bear and I are talking about my wigs. Again, the KM Extend hair, kind of saved my butt. I have straight ones, curly ones. I have naturally curly hair, so they do the curly ones for me, except theirs looks better than mine. It's really frustrating.
2: Did they ways look, they look better than your natural hair?
1: Yes. It's rude.
2: It's rude. <laughs> oh, I guess if they, if it looked worse than the hair you already have on top of your head, why would you buy them? Right? Valid point. So there you go. Okay. So Quality, quality, quality craftsmanship right there, folks.
1: I know. So we have Dusty coming on. He's not on yet. So we're waiting on him. I know we were talking about before the break, the porn that we were making.
2: Yes. And I have more questions. First of all, how did this pornography come about?
1: It was Alexis's idea.
2: So, okay.
1: So for those that don't know, Alexis is my dominatrix assistant. Not an assistant, as in she does dominatrix stuff with me. My assistant, like we work together, she's my gal Friday. And uh, in her off time, she's an actual dominatrix. Not for money, for fun. So apparently what she does is she goes out after work and Mm. beats up on men. That's all I got from her. And
2: beats up on men. I think there's a little bit more of a kink aspect to it than that. But I do, yeah, I,
1: you're into, like, the kinky shit, too. So hence, I, don't hence I can hear.
2: kind of vouch for her in that regard. But now I also want to know, how do you think this kind of movie would play out in the regular market? For example, what's going to set this aside? Like, if someone's going to go watch your film, uh, why, why would they watch that instead of going to watch, like, you know, their average porn on porn or whatever?
1: Well, we're making it at, you know, a feature cost. So, mm-hmm. essentially, imagine a high-quality porno. Okay. With well-known actors. Okay. And we're going to keep each scene five minutes or less. Okay. And so it's perfect masturbatory time, from what I googled. The average human, when they're browsing <laughs> pornography, <laughs> it takes I do, them five minutes. No, no, no. It's they'll jump between scenes, and usually they'll go from a lighter scene to a heavier scene, and it'll usually get kinkier towards the final scenes. But they usually go on for about seven minutes.
2: Fair enough. And it, it would appear that we have uh, a hello, hello.
1: Who's there? Hi. What happened? Dusty doesn't. What happened with Dusty? He's not on yet, so I decided to hop on because I wanted to join in in the conversation. Oh, okay. Well, we're certainly
2: happy to have you. Lex, since this is your... This is
1: my dominatrix assistant, guys. She jumped on since she apparently wants to join in the porno talk.
2: Lex, since this is your, uh, your film baby as well, I, I want to know your opinion. What's going to make people watch this uh, high-quality pornography versus the one that they can get for free on Pornhub?
1: Well, if you'd let me finish that, I told you. Instead of having to jump between genres, they can go from you know, anal sex to bondage to cuckolding to deep throating in, th- you know, four scenes rather than having to jump.
2: That's a good point. How about Lex, your opinion?
1: I am completely on board with what some are saying. Okay. Lex, is valid, that is, that is <laughs> Lex is the one that told me about the cuckolding. That's
2: valid enough.
1: Lex is the one that told me about the cuckolding.
2: That's absolutely. If you could have one person on this film, like more than anyone else, who would it be? Me? Yeah, we'll start with you then, Alexis.
1: Luke Evans! And also, can I get him to do a scene, and can I do it with him? I mean, what now? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, would, I, I, just, not, I just had a
2: stroke. He <laughs> would not be into that.
1: Uh, you know what? <laughs> All right, Lex, we have Commander Brown. Thank you very, very much for joining us in between. Uh, Commander Brown, welcome to the show.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Can you hear me?
1: I can. Uh, you missed a whole thing. We were talking about uh, porn for charity, so I'm very sh- glad. I'm sure you're glad you missed that part. Um, <laughs> that's it's it's not that's not really your genre. Can you tell everyone oh, no. uh, <laughs> who you are and, and and what you do, and then we'll jump into some questions? Because I got so many abusive emails last week for not asking you questions.
3: Okay, great. Uh, my name is Dale Brown. I'm the owner of Detroit Urban Survival Training and Detroit the Threat Management Center. And we are an organization that's an educational-based organization. Uh, it's a training system that I created 27 years ago. I started using my training system to protect people and um, using it to stop violent individuals and violent gangs. And 27 years later, we had a chance to see what techniques worked, and so which ones did not work, and we stopped teaching those that did not work. And in our 27 years... We have had uh, none of our team members have been killed. Uh, we have no lawsuits, and we protect families, approximately 5,000 families right now currently in Detroit. Uh, we protect other communities, other uh, corporations as well, and uh, we're a community service-based organization, so we protect people for free they don't have any money. We protect domestic violence victims and stalking victims and court witnesses and people that have someone that wants to kill them And we don't charge money for that. These are typically working class people. And so we're an organization that is community service oriented, but we are educationally based. So we train constantly. And as a result, we're able to teach both civilians and law enforcement officers our methods of using psychology, law, and skill in order to create non-adversarial interactions for nonviolent outcomes.
1: So by design,
3: it's a peaceful system to create peace for people in communities. (laughs)
1: Not what you'd expect when you're like I, when I introduce you, I'm talking about like a TikToker and you're you you know you being on TikTok. And I know for a mm-hmm. lot of people, it's it's you do something so serious. How do you translate yes. that from real life to TikTok?
3: Um, well, it, <laughs> uh, if people look, if people take time and look at our videos, they can see the first videos I put up where we're, were uh, explaining you know the actual training system. And uh, it's history and things like that. So some people did go back, obviously. But we have, you know, obviously many, many fans, mm-hmm. millions of fans. And um, the ones that don't look are the people that don't really care enough to look. So they don't do any research. So what they'll do is they'll question, right, and they'll have curiosity, but they won't have concern enough to actually do their own investigation and go back and do research. Those people that do are usually, you know, quite shocked um, because they didn't know. Uh, so a lot of people knew of us but didn't know of us in this way. So they didn't, um, they didn't put two and two together. They didn't realize that the same person that was being featured on Viceland and Vice, uh, Russian TV, CNN, and other things right. over the years was the same person that they are seeing on TikTok or whatever. And I think a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, you have a lot of people that are, um, uh, you know, kind of trolls and they make funny videos. And so if you're, if you're thinking of something out of context, it kind of changes your perception of something. So I think that's now- kind of thrown threw people off.
1: What was your most popular video?
3: Uh, Currently, it's um, been one video. uh, It's 158 million views approximately. And it's a pistol disarmed to the chest.
1: Okay, I, I gotta say, Bear, that makes you look like you suck at TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just made a bad joke. No, I, it, it does. It makes no, you look I, like you suck. <laughs> I
2: think. I think after looking both at the TikTok and then the YouTube channel, absolutely has beat bested me in that game.
1: He kicked the shit out of you.
3: Yeah. Well. Well. Well uh, beyond my current reach. That but, well. So. Well, you, it's mostly because it's mostly because people are just so astounded. They're so shot. They're so shocked. Like what they're looking at, that it just makes them want to keep looking, keep looking, and it's uh, people around the world. So we got people from. Every part of the world from like the most, you know, the extreme corners of the world have been contacting us over the years, over this past year specifically, um, more so, that they, after they saw that video. And they've been shocked. And, and um, you know, we have like 200,000 haters on that video. We have 6 million likes on the video.
1: What was so your most trolled video? 200,000 likes
3: to 6 million likes. I'm yeah. sorry?
1: What was your most trolled video? Cause you're talking about like two hundred thousand dislikes. That was <laughs> <000 laughs> most.
3: That's <laughs> the most trolled video for sure. <laughs> yeah, well, and then okay, um, it still swings
1: in your favor, <laughs> so I think you're okay.
2: It does provide. It does give you. St- st- no matter what, it still gets out to people and they still yeah. watch it. Now, <laughs> you were mentioning that. Right, well, that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you were mentioning how people would kind of go back and review and see what you were talking about and what you teach compared to the people who maybe don't put in the time to go and check out your previous videos. What do you think is the most shocking thing people would learn from those first few videos you put up if they were maybe a skeptic of yours?
3: Uh, they would see that it's real. Like, we actually do this for real in real life for 27 years. So, you know, a lot of people are thinking like, you know, when you look at people on the internet, that's all they do. Like right? They make videos. Right, that's like a lot of people that make videos, That's what they do for a living. They they were shocked because they thought that maybe I was like them. Uh, and then when they looked, they're like, "Wow, no, this is a real business. It's an actual organization. They have been around for 27 years in real life, protecting people against gunshots, knife wounds, uh, death. You know, stopping murders. So once they find that out, and there's all these news coverage stories and all these different you know accolades." From real life things, nothing, nothing with sports related, with all bloodshed related and, and dealing with actually dealing with violent criminals and keeping people alive and safe. Once they find that out, they're shocked. Like, I can't believe this. And then they're also like, why would someone, uh, make fun of you if that's, you know, since this is the case? And why, they, why are they doing that? They, they, we have a lot of comments like that. And my well, response I-, is, I guess people are just dumb. I don't know.
1: Well, I know, like, um, a, a friend of this show, I know um, you and he kind of kind don't get on, like, McDojo. And there are a couple of big guys out there that really don't like you and some big guys that really do. Why do you think you're so divisive?
3: Um, because, you know, it, it, imagine this. There's a dream that we have as, as a martial artist growing up that we would actually be um, – we'd have a rites of passage. We would have, um, you know, actually self-validation. You know, it's all psychological. Like the, you know, the greatest thing for uh, the martial artist, you know, dream is we, uh, you know, have a school. We protect people in real life. We, you know, do something for real. It's a real thing. Where, where do we get that at? Where does it happen? I mean, I, I never, I never even heard of it. You know, I heard of it on TV and movies, right? There's all kinds of, you know, folklore and, and movies that show this idea, like the idea of Rambo, right, or black or Batman, right. So those are ideas, but, you know, no one actually does that. And so this is kind of the reality that someone did do that. I did physically go out because I had no money. <laughs> I had a dog and a rifle and zero dollars. And I, I stopped violent rapists, murderers, home invasions, and built it into a business. But it wasn't actually supposed to be that. I just thought I was helping people and I thought I was going to be killed. So it turns out that you <laughs> killed, and I, I, so, I made rich people richer, and I just made rich people pay me. Hey, but the on. point was to make poor people safer. Re-
1: re-w- so, rewind. You, know, rewind. you did right. the job thinking you were going to get killed. That does not yeah, sound yeah, like it, a good business plan.
3: No, exactly. <laughs> that's why I get insulted when people are like, so you started your business when? Uh, you know, it's kind of weird. I didn't really start a business. I just got legal permission <laughs> to enforce laws inside of structures, right, inside of people's private uh, buildings and another private property against violent gangs that were, uh, home invading the families and, um, you know, raping, killing people. And so I needed legal rights to do that. So I got them to hire me as their security. Um, but I, once I saw what I saw, which is violence and there's no, um, recourse. I, I couldn't get, um, I thought you'd call the police and, you know, give a witness. You make statements and the police just take the guys to jail or something. Right. Like, it makes sense. And that's not what happened. So what actually happened was um, violent individuals and gangs were able to uh, defeat the system consistently and not go to prison, not go to jail, um, no matter what. And um, I had to see them over and over again. And so I had to sit there in the same neighborhood I'm in, and these gangs are there. So I had to become creative in how I get them to leave the families alone and how I get them to, you know, not kill me. But I really how, thought they were going to kill me. Uh, so I, I really just thought there's not going to be a future anyway. So I how really did
1: you do this without breaking the law? Like when you, when you go all mercenary and off, like, I, I hate to say that, but, you know, Batman's not exactly legal. So how did you, Correct.
3: And how did you no, get that? No, you're doing? right. That's a great point. No, your, your point is, is exactly what people should be asking. How did you do this legally? And that's the most important thing I teach. So as a private investigator... I learned about law and how it applies, right? Now there's law that you read in the book and there's law that how it applies, meaning how people apply the law to you and others, the police, the, the witnesses, how they see things, how the jury, the judge, uh, the prosecutor, the, the detectives, how all those people are going to see things determines what happens. So I created a legally articulatable system. So you understand how to legally defend yourself by having the articulation ahead of any uh, problems you would have legally. So before you touch anyone, before you say anything, you are taught here, as a student, uh, how to understand the legal application of law, how it's going to be applied to you, and uh, how you can use the law to defend yourself and others. So once you understand how to articulate law and how to testify, not necessarily articulate or lie, which is another, another way people do things. I don't, we don't teach that here. We teach you how to do things straight, by the book, in a way that is psychologically appropriate, so you can increase the likelihood of you not being prosecuted. There's no guarantee. So at any time, you can be prosecuted, you can be sued, uh, but what you can do is decrease the likelihood if you listen to what I'm teaching. You'll decrease the likelihood of being prosecuted, you'll be decreasing the likelihood of being sued, and that took many years of cultivation. So it wasn't overnight. I didn't, like, it's not in the book. It's in my book I'm releasing. I got a book that is going to be in California. We're doing a book release um, at Dash Radio, and that's my first book and that's uh, Detroit yeah, Urban that's Survival Chronicles.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, you'll coming see up. That.
3: I mean, you you see the stories, but I learned all this stuff the hard way through bloodshed. And so if you haven't been covered in blood and, and have people lying and have police show up and you have to articulate this to law enforcement officers, um, then you don't understand yeah. what's real and what's serious. So you excuse, can beat these people just. up. If you don't understand the law, which is what you're speaking to your point, which is great, if you don't excuse understand you. the law, you will be going to jail like a lot of other good uh, people in this country who didn't I'm sorry, understand I'm
2: I'm so sorry to, to interrupt. I just I had a quick question because I, I thought that was important for people to know as well, and I think you could explain it. If have I shouldn't say if you let's say one of your students or one of your team members had to defend someone or themselves in a in a manner that left the perpetrator severely injured, if not dead, what is a way that they could present themselves to where it's maybe not legally against them?
1: Well, that's that's what he was saying. That's all in his hmm. book. My that's see, my that's side. That's thought. Right. My side thought on it is, I'm like, what happens if a serial killer starts taking this class though? Is he going to get away with it? <laughs> Sorry, that was well, my side note. So, well, how, how right, would so
3: you present I, this? The way that we teach it, it, it you really uh, two things. One, if I see you have the wrong attitude, I don't teach you. I don't care about money. I don't, I don't care about anything. When it comes to immoral or illegal type people, uh, we get rid of them. So uh, I, don't, I don't, I don't, I care about the kind of persons we teach. And in, um, in, so I'm in very the serial killers. About that. A lot of people,
1: they are always for yeah, I'm just saying.
3: They don't do well. <laughs> yeah, they don't. They're no. They're you know absolutely. And you know if you don't understand what psychopathy is, you don't understand what psychopaths look like, talk like, act like. You don't know what a sociopath is. You don't know how they uh, how they carry themselves. Then you will accidentally train those kind of people. And I do not. That's it. Uh, yeah. So I'm very clear. I'm very. I, I watch. Every, I really gotta watch people next to you first. The, the people that will destroy a company first are the employees, not the criminals, not the government. It is your employees. That's who destroys companies the most. When it's not the actual company owner. So uh, you have to watch the people next to you, people that are in your organization. That's first and foremost. So, example is, um, you know, here we have ways of telling if a person's mental state is appropriate just by how we interact with each other and how we communicate, both verbally and non verbally. Uh, and I learned that because be I have some to, red flags. I can't that have to you. any psychopaths on my staff or sociopaths. I'm sorry? I
2: just want to know, what would be some red flags for you? What sets you, people off in your mind as, okay, this is not someone who I want to train?
3: Um, so any extremes. So if you're extreme into steroids and working out, if you're extreme into uh, not working out, if you're extreme into um, uh, you know, any kind of extremist-type behavior, political, religious, any of that. So you're a religious person, you believe that, you know, God speaks to you, and, and you know, God might speak to you and tell you, and this is one of the questions, I like an example, one of the questions I ask the religious-type people. Um, you know, do you, do you, uh, you, you, know, you're, you know, this would be the hardcore kind of religious people that I do come across, and I'll say, I'll ask them this. I'll say, if you heard a voice and you thought it was your God and your God told you to kill your children, would you listen to that voice and do what your God told you? And the answer should be no. <laughs> but if they say yes, and that person's a danger, and they have to go, I can't have that I, person around me. I,
1: I got to say, I talk to God all the time. He has yet to speak back. I think that would be a very yeah. concerning thing. Like, that's, I'm, I'm not, sure, I'm not that could, sure that's a good
3: that's thing. That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> that's so, a very valid point.
1: <laughs> so well, I'm uh, glad. That
3: answer, you know, if you think about it, that's very scary, right? I mean, What if they just started hearing voices, and they heard a voice tell you, to, you know, they're kill your, kill your own kids. Well, if they're going to kill your own kids from a voice, they'll definitely kill you with from in some inner voice.
0: Yeah. So we don't we don't have
3: that. You know, so I, I'm very serious about that because it'd be better for me. Like personally, I would rather um, personally perish than have a team member that harms someone, uh, even by accident, illegally. You know, like uh, shoot the wrong person or shoot an innocent person or you know beat up you know innocent people, things like that. I, I would rather be out of business. I would rather fail. I would rather just be done. Uh, I would so never so you're not so I, you're not going, going for the Rodney King that. moment. I'm sorry.
1: You're not going for the Rodney King moment.
3: Nah, right. I'm not going to we're <laughs> not going to do something to someone we don't want done to our own families. So I'm very yeah. serious about uh the infrastructure of the person's mentality. So if you're the kind of person that treats people differently than you would um your own family, then you're just not the right kind of person to even be a part of our team. And if you if you're just a student, like let's I've had some wealthy wealthy type students that have attitude problems. That are uh, wealthy but inflated, you know, because they can, mm-hmm. because they're so wealthy. Makes sense. Um, well, what I do is I'll cancel them because I see their attitude is inappropriate. Uh, whether it's being abusive within their own family or abusive towards their employees, or if they're just abusive type persons, where they I think they would use this training uh, to uh, inappropriately do things. So, for example, these gun disarms in the wrong hands, right? you know, we don't want to we don't want to emphasize that, and so that's why you hear me. I emphasize um, the training that can save lives, but. At the same time, we also emphasize law. So I'll talk. you hear me talk about law and psychology a lot in the training um, videos. And the most important thing we do is get, get eyeballs on, and then we can share the psychology of how to create peace. That's where I'm really <laughs> using this platform for, is to get out there and teach people better ways to not be violent.
1: Now, I'm going to jump in and say you have your first book uh, signing in Los Angeles. It's uh, November 21st through 28th. You'll be in Dash It'll Radio in Hollywood. Yep, the 28th. So yeah, it's, it's the gonna, last, it's the end yeah, of Yeah, it. it's
3: going to be, it's on, I'm sorry, it's on, the, um, it's on that Saturday. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Dash Radio is on that Friday. And okay. That's, uh, Black Friday.
1: Okay, so and there'll be, be other, other locations that week as well. Your book's being published November 1st, which is really, really cool, so it's out in time for Christmas. What is the one mm-hmm. thing, if people could take anything from your book, you want them to take?
3: That um, you can, no matter who you are, no matter where you are in the world, you can make the change. You see something wrong, you can make it better for your family, for yourself, and for others. And you don't have to hope for better. You can literally make it better. And you'll see it in the stories. Um, and you also see that uh, there's lessons in the stories and how what I learned from those different stories. But uh, specifically, what you're going to learn is that you can, cha- you can make the change. Everyone has the power to create safety uh, for others and for themselves. And do so safely in most ways, in most cases. So it's really emphasizing like how to do it safely as possible, and and non-violently as possible. But it doesn't mean there's no violence. Oh. There's lots of violence, unfortunately. <laughs>
1: That's, uh, that it does seem to be. I got to say, it's. Uh, I always want to say it's an American thing, but I think it's. I think I think it's international. Uh, sorry, what's up, Bear?
2: No, I do agree with that. It just happens. I think no matter where you're going to go, you're going to find a certain level of violence, and sometimes it takes the same amount yeah. to combat that. Um, now, yeah, I wanna I did want to ask a little bit more particularly to the gun training than the martial arts training. There are some mm-hmm. I, I I would say they they call themselves experts due to their time and grade in the field who maybe do not agree with the way you particularly would teach your students to defend against, let's say, small arms, guns, yeah. weaponry of that type. Hundred percent. What a, yeah. Uh, let's say particularly one of them had an issue with that chest gun disarm video where he said the way you pulled it off or stepped off to the side was a risk to the user who are defending themselves. What
1: I think getting shots, more of a risk. Of course,
2: but I do, <laughs> I do want to know, why do you think these people who would have similar time to you in training have such a vastly different opinion on what you're teaching?
3: That's a great question, and I'm glad you asked it. Um, the reason why these so-called experts on the Internet uh, see things completely different than me is because, number one, they are completely different than me. (laughs) They're experts at things I'm not experts in. Um, They have no training in, in the field that I'm in. They do not go into communities and corporations and protect lives. They do not operate in the United States going into houses and businesses and into the darkness at night to protect families from violent individuals and gangs and have to actually encounter both civilians and police officers who are also armed in those communities and in those situations and make decisions that will, that that will mean the difference between um, successfully uh, clearing a space or house or protecting someone and possibly getting shot and, or killed. Uh, They don't, they didn't have to do that in the United States, protecting people in different communities in the dark. And if they did, I'd be great. I'd love to talk to them. And then, then we could have a conversation, but they're not doing that. They're not taking their students like I did, which you can do. Anyone can do this. You take your students, you train them, and you go volunteer to protect your community. Go out there. It's okay. It's going to be dangerous. You're going to get shot and stabbed. But guess what you're going to do? You're going to learn from heuristics, right? If I'm going to be a boxer, I have to get in that ring and you have to hit me. If I'm going to be a um, uh, karate, uh, MMA, kid, I'm going to have to get in there, get my hands on, and I'm going to have to do the thing. You can't, you can't conjecturize, right? So I've never gone into someone else's country and gone into their homes and did anything to anyone. I didn't do that ever, right? So I wouldn't know how to do that, and it's not related to what I do. I protect people from that specifically. Specifically, if you come into someone's house, my job is to make sure you get out of there and, so, and do it in the least bloody way, right? Because my objective is not to kill the people, and I don't want to get killed, right? But most importantly, i got to protect the people. So if i got to die to protect those people, that's fine. But I would, like to, I would like to, if I could, choose that both of us live. Um, but if one of us has to die, it would be me, not the old lady, not the family, not the kids, not the, the single mother who's been, who's been stalked, um, you know, not the senior citizen who lives next door to a gang. They're, I don't want them to die. It's okay for me, okay? And that's a decision I have to make before I go to the house, right, before I go to that, in that place. And there's no money involved. So imagine this concept that people say things like, if I had more money or if they paid me the right amount of money, you don't need any money. If you're a protector, money is your last thing you think about. Because guess what? You can't spend money when you're dead. So what so I'm hearing concept, is it's, it's
1: risk versus reward in this case.
3: Yeah, there's, there's, no, there's no reward except that you keep people alive that you don't even know.
1: That's, so yeah, that's there's no the money.
3: There's, no, there's nothing. Yeah, but you'll hear people say things like, you know, I'm going to be a mercenary. I get paid. I'm going to go protect. How much is your life worth? How much money does to pay you to die? I mean, think about it. Someone said to you, I'm going to hire you. Someone's going to kill you. Just tell me how much I've got to pay you to do that. That doesn't even make sense. So when yeah, people hire someone like a as, a, as some bodyguard, they're not really hiring someone to really die for them. They're, the person didn't sign up for that. They didn't go bodybuilding and, and, uh, um, and get striations and work out and all these things. They can die for some stranger. They, they're yeah. doing something. They thought, this would be pretty cool. I can you know meet some chicks and... You know, be in Hollywood or some, you know, city of my state and be cool. And I'm not going to die. So I'm bodyguarding. Who dies doing that? Right. But like if that. it's real, what will happen is in game day, when it's death, when the, the employee's coming back, when the ex-husband's coming back and they're going to kill for sure, death is imminent. Um, you'll find that people are starting thinking about their own children. They don't really want a new daddy for their, for their kids. They don't want a new man in their house. Uh, you know, they don't want to lose their family. And that was not what they signed up for. They didn't sign up to die for some stranger.
1: I get that. I I think that is a good way of looking at it. We have to go to break. When we come back, we are going to be talking more to Commander Brown, talking about his upcoming book. We're going to be talking about how social media works, how you can build your social media, because I know a bunch of you are trying to copy him. I'm Summer Helene. We're on with my co-host, Bear Fiora. We'll be right back after this.
0: stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast all the time the number 1 internet talk station where
3: your opinion counts voiceamerica.com
1: tune in to the patricia raskin show on voiceamerica.com every monday at 2 p.m. eastern time and 11 a.m. pacific time
0: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7.
3: Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought current events and even more about your favorite host it's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com that's blog.voiceamerica.com the voice america press blog all access all the time follow the voice america variety channel on twitter our hosts always have something to say and we know that you do too we tweet on today's hot topics and you're welcome to follow us Speak up and join in at
0: Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. You are listening to behind the scenes with host summer helene to connect with the show today please call 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com now let's go back behind the scenes well
1: i'm glad she's alive G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We are on with our guest, Commander Brown, and my co-host, the baddest bear in the cage who can finally use his arm again, even though he was totally winded during his last training session, Bear Fiora. Sorry, I got to write you out.
2: No, it's, so, it's okay. No. I, I, it definitely was hard coming back from a month straight and then going back into eight hours. It was a fun experience, but tough. Uh, but beyond that... Uh, Dust, I, I know we're getting towards the end. We want to talk about your book signing. We want to talk about a couple of other things and questions from the audience. This one question stood out to me last time we went not get to, and this time. What would my first day as your student look like?
3: One, you're going to go through, um, we do a demo class. So, the first thing you do is just do demo tactics. Like, uh, so, you know, you find out how to escape, control, immobilize, works. You, you literally spend 30 minutes, which is free just doing a demo, gun disarms, knife disarms, you see the tactics are working and real, and that's when you sign up for the class. So we give you 30 minutes of just tactics, back to back, it's showing, you know, you resisting, you, you know, take the knife, hold it to the throat, cut, try to cut the, the, the trainer, um, you'll try to put a gun to their head, you try to shoot them before they can take the gun, and you can pull back if you want, you can do anything you want, uh, but you'll see that, there's, uh, that, that it works. So, um, so you really leave it uh, open people for people to happy. kind of interpret their own kind of
2: like if they're the attacker, you kind of leave it open for them to interpret what they want to do.
3: Yeah, yeah. As long as they're yeah, you know, they do the, they do the attacking, right? So you're doing, you're you're, you're being an attacker. So you're not like doing um, kung fu flips or something. You're doing you're being an attacker. So we're preparing people for what do you do if someone's attacking you? Someone tries to get on top of you to rape you. Someone tries to put a gun in your head to abduct you. Someone puts a gun to your, someone stands in front of you with a gun. I mean, realistic things, though. This is what actually happens to people. So we're not trying to teach you how to be, you know, a, a ninja a warrior going back and forth, trading sword strikes or some other not realistic thing. And so one of the reasons why people have a hard time with our videos is they don't study. They, haven't, they have no experience. They haven't been out here with violent criminals. So they, they, all they have is TV, and TV is fake. So they, yeah. they, the psychology of television is fake. I mean, all of that's fake. And so you you look at T V and then they they, then another thing they do is the recency bias, you look at news, you think news is (laughs) news is research and news is just showing you some story they they thought was interesting. So you do your research, do your own, and you'll see it. It's different.
1: That's actually how I met uh, Bear. He gave me self-defense classes uh, after I had been assaulted. So I think just to, oh, to everyone nice. out there, um, it, it really is, I think, important after an assault or something like that. It, it really does help rebuild your self-esteem to take those Absolutely. kind of lessons because you feel more in control. Now, what's the name of your 100%. book? 100%. Uh,
3: the book is Detroit Urban Survival Chronicles and specifically tells the stories of um, 35 Chapters of um, a, a, it's essentially, you know, why this is different. So you're going to see, hear, you're, you're going to hear the actual stories, um, and there's, there's over a hundred stories, but right? this is just 35 in the first book. That's and,
1: really
3: cool. Yeah, and so um, you know, what you'll see is that uh, since, since it's so different, you actually see why when you see the stories. You're now, one them. of
1: one of the questions we asked. I'm going to do a lightning round, and I'm going to ask you a few questions. Um, okay. just so we can get through a few of them. Why is the gun against your chest worth the risk pushing that? Cause you can get shot doing it. Why is it worth the risk in that moment? That was one of the questions we had offline.
3: Okay. First and foremost, when someone put the gun to your chest, it's the can control you. Okay. If you don't put the gun to your chest, you will simply either a run away. That's what most people are to do. Or if they have a gun to pull a gun out or, uh, they might even, you know, <laughs> they might do all kinds of things, but, uh, you mitigate their movement and control them, and you're able to rape, rob, and murder them more effectively by being very, very close. You also intimidate them. So it's like, why does a man get in your face when he can just stand back, you know, at arm's reach? Well, because that's how you intimidate men and women. You get in their face. You know, why would you put your face against another person's face? That's how you intimidate them. Boxers do it. Fighters do it. Why don't you stand across the room and do it? Well, because psychologically, you're not going to intimidate anyone from over six, from over six feet, outside, excuse me, outside three feet. Is what psychologists say. That's why when they do the boxing and MMA standoff, you get right in each other's face, right? Like nose to nose. Sometimes even kiss. I saw him. <laughs>
0: Headbutt.
3: Pushing faces, right? Why would you do that? Your face, your face is longer. Your hand is longer. Why don't you stay back? Well, because okay. that's not how you do it. That's not psychologically how you do it. It's not physically how you do it. So the, the gun is against your chest. It's all, uh, you know, physically, that's how you maintain control, restrictive control, but also, guess what? When someone has a gun, they do not fear you. They don't believe you're going to take the gun. Nobody with a gun goes, oh my gosh, I think um, I'm going to be, be careful. I might grab my gun. That's like a big person saying, oh, a little person might beat me up. That's not how big people work. I so mean, it's a, we do it's, know big people get beat up by little people, that's not what you think of a big person.
1: So it's risk-reward. You're essentially risking being shot because you think you're probably going to get shot anyway, so you're taking the risk to not get shot. I don't know if I just made sense Well, that.
3: well think of it the other You also think of it the other way. Do you trust criminals that are violent with a gun to your chest, your child's chest? Now, you can sit there and say, I do, and you hope, I guess, but you know yeah. what? What if you had a choice? Now, if you don't have a choice, you have no idea what to do. You have no choice. You're going to sit there and let them rape you, rob you, kill you. I mean, it, you have no choice. What are you going to do, like, primarily punch them in the face? Well, guess what? That does happen, and, and sometimes, believe or or not. just like a, a broken clock is right twice a day. Twice, twice a day, a broken clock is, uh, is correct, okay? And guess what? People have punched out gunmen and knock them out or, st- or made them run away with the gun. It has actually happened many times. Um, but I would not suggest that as your, as your go-to move, right? Punch them and they still have the gun. But it does, it t- there's some videos online. You can find it. Did, it did work. Uh, old people and young people have done it, but that's not the point. The point is, what could I share with you that can actually literally help you by understanding human reaction time and psychology and the physicality involved in defending yourself and others, uh, that, that actually could help you? In realistic, in realistic ways. And then I do, you can go online and look at my videos. I, I have over 100 people, I'm sure, did the design. Where
1: can everyone uh, find same you? Way. Where are, we've got like uh, Detroit Threat of...
3: Management Center on YouTube and Detroit underscore dust on Instagram.
1: Awesome. Guys, if you're interested, have a look at following. We're going to be talking more about his book when it's coming out. Um, make sure to be following us on Behind the Scenes, of course. Yeah. and make sure you're following Mm -hmm. Bear Fjorda always. He does the martial arts thing. Uh, I'm going to ask you, we have about two minutes left of the show. If everyone could learn one thing from you, what would you want them to learn? Just one thing.
3: One thing. Um, That you have one life, and you should protect it, and the way to do that is to learn about survival and understanding psychology, law, and skill. (laughs) So take our class. It's definitely something we definitely need you to know. I mean, that's the, the most important thing is to know that um, you don't have to be a victim.
1: I like that. I think that is a really, really good way of looking at it. Guys, make sure you are following him. Make sure you're following Bear Fjord, and of course, follow us at BTS. I know you already are, because I'm getting a bunch of questions on Twitter that we didn't get to again. Thank you so much, Commander Brown, for being on with us again. I know I'm going to call you later on, probably around your book release, and be like, hey, come back on. So uh, thank you very, very much for joining us. Guys, this is thank Behind the me. Scenes. I'm Summer Helene. Thank you for joining us. Shout out, by the way, to everyone in the Ukraine. Sorry to Russia for them, uh, you know, putting you guys in the draft. I think there was a comment online that we should send uh, Detroit Urban Survival out to, out to the Ukraine to train their guys. We should probably, I'm, I'm yeah. just saying, send your videos there. They need I'm, I'm
3: on the way. I'm on the way.
1: <laughs> guys, thank you for joining <laughs> us. This is Behind the Scenes. We'll see you next week. Good night.
3: Thank you.